It's actually random bonus. Hello and welcome to another edition of Random Album. I am BC. Thank you for joining me. And just as you figured out, this is a random bonus episode. I'm not tackling a particular artist. I'm not tackling a particular band. I'm not even counting down albums. This is going to be a different kind of episode. I did say the purpose of these random bonus episodes would be to count down songs or do an occasional review or provide music news I think would uh, make sense. It would appear to be seem relevant uh, for what's going on. Uh, this time around, if you've read the title, it's called I Used to Love You, But I Just Can't Anymore, or This Is Not a Rant, I Promise. Sort of. Uh, this time around, I'm going to be tackling artists and or bands that I used to love growing up, but as I get older, I realize they're just not as cool as I once thought and if that isn't the case, it's either they let me down on an album and I just can't bring myself to get excited on a new release anymore. So that's basically the gist of this episode. Uh, I've got There's plenty that I can't bring myself to listen to anymore, but I know you don't have all day, so I'm narrowing it down to 10. I should point out these artists I list off uh, I know you're going to have some questions by the end of this. Do you hate these artists? No. I'm just not that big of a fan of them as I once was. Second question. Does this mean there won't be any random episodes on said artists or bands? No. Believe it or not, there are a few acts on this list that I'm going to present to you today that will be the subject of future random episodes, including one I have at the top spot. That's all I'm going to say. And finally, does this mean you're not going to review new releases? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. But I will let you know there's no hatred and there will be random episodes. I just want to let you know listening to these artists again recently has been quite difficult to get myself into so you've been forewarned so now we got all the uh, uh, technicalities out of the way let's go right into the first part of our top 10 starting things off at number 10 is a band from England who was described by many critics as the next Radiohead going all the way back to 2000. This was intended for people who were turned off by the change in music in the form of OK Computer and Kid A from Radiohead. Enter the band Coldplay and their album Parachutes, and this little number that started it all for them, Yellow. Thank you. 
Parachutes was actually a pretty decent album. I borrowed this from a friend of mine who I no longer keep in touch with. Uh, I have to say the album did help me go to sleep. That's actually a good compliment, by the way. That's a good review of Parachutes. I was dealing with insomnia at the time, and Parachutes kind of helped me fall asleep. It was a very soothing album with songs not, uh, not just Yellow, but uh, Don't Panic, Trouble was a favorite of mine. Shiver is another great one, too. Spies, all great songs. And then with A Brush of Blood to the Head, I got to say, I was hooked. Starting with Politic, In My Place, The Scientist, God Put a Smile on Your Face, and the one that became the big hit, Grammy winner, Clocks. And then 2005, we had X and Y, which had the song The Speed of Sound. While I thought that was a poor choice for a first single, I have to say I defended that album, to, and I still plan on defending it to the end of time. But everything else since then has just been hit or miss. I don't like Viva La Vida as much as I used to. Um Let's see, what are the other albums that they had come out with? Uh, Milo Xyloto, despite how much I love Paradise, doesn't really do much for me. Adventure, or I'm sorry, Head, Head Full of Dreams and Ghost Stories just basically weaned me off of Coldplay for all eternity. Uh, I know they put out a new album, uh, Everyday Life, around Thanksgiving of 2019. Uh, had that song, Orphans, which I have to say, I kind of dug it. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't really consider them a new Radiohead. I don't consider them a new U2. I consider them just a run-of-the-mill Brit pop band that just seemed to be just there. Their music has just been hit or miss for at least 10, 15 years. And I just never really found myself to want to go out of my way to listen to this band. I had no interest in wanting to see them when they were playing uh, in concert a few years ago when they were in our neck of the woods. And Honestly, I don't feel all that bad about it. Uh, the one horrible thing I do feel bad for them for was their Super Bowl performance, which seemed to be overshadowed by Beyonce making her appearance. And I don't know, that just left a bad taste in my mouth. It's not necessarily all Beyonce to blame, but more Coldplay just seemed there. They tried to get into it, but at the end of the day, it was just a poor choice for a halftime act. Just the, I don't know. The music just doesn't do anything for me anymore. What can I say? And moving right along to number nine, a band that also started around 2000 and had this little gem. Remember this one? Yeah. 
Three Doors Down comes in at number nine, the Escataba Mississippi rock band that went from being an alternative rock band to being uh, poor man's Leonard Skinner to just being, I don't, I don't know. The first two albums are great. I still love their first album, The Better Life. I did like Away From The Sun. Uh, the one with that was the one that really uh, made them a household name with songs like When I'm Gone, the title track Away From The Sun, The Road I'm On, and of course the worldwide smash here without you. The first two albums are still solid, don't get me wrong. Uh, and then came 17 Days in 2005, which was actually recorded in 17 Days, and it kind of sort of showed. That's not a compliment. Anything after that's just been hit or miss also. The self-titled release I really enjoyed, Time of Your Life from 2011. Uh, I liked it at first, but then over time it just was just another album to me in fact it was just it was a three doors down album there's nothing special about it and the most recent album was from 2016 yeah four years ago can you believe it us and the night and it was kicked off with the lead single in the dark which can be best described as great song bad video Yeah, if if you have you ever seen the video, if you have, uh, you understand how awful it is. If you haven't, it, you know what? Skip it. The video sucks. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, the thing that really soured me on Three Doors Down for all eternity was when my fiance at the time, now my wife, JC, we went to see them up in northern Minnesota a few years ago. It was them. Filter, Three Days Grace with uh, Matt Waltz as the front man, and Shaman's Harvest, which is a southern rock band. And that would have made sense if it was just Three Doors Down and Shaman's Harvest. Three Days Grace and Filter just kind of stuck out like sore thumbs, but also they were the best parts of that show. Shaman's Harvest was great, too. I'm not going to slight them. But Three Doors Down just seemed really bored in concert. They are not the best band to see live. I will even go as far as say it was one of the worst concerts I had attended, mainly because of the way they came off. I mean, not acknowledging the crowd being bored to death when they were singing their songs. The only time they were actually stepped it up was when they sang kryptonite. And it just proved that the band is nothing more than a flash in the pan. And to say they're a poor man's Leonard Skinner is an insult because that's an insult to poor man's Leonard Skinner bands. And by the way, Leonard Skinner will always be better than Three Doors Down. And yeah, I'm not calling them Superman. Case closed. Moving right along, number eight, The Black Eyed Peas. You know, I remember once upon a time, MTV used to run music videos. Oh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. 
But here's the catch. Around 1998, music videos are being run mostly overnight with the exception of the prototype in the afternoons that would later be Total Request Live. And this particular video for this song I'm about to play for you was one of the videos that was played in the overnight hours. From their, from their debut album, 1998's Behind the Front, Joints and Jam. Boom! Just blew my mind when I first heard it because this particular style of rap and hip hop, you really weren't hearing much of. You're hearing Mace, you're hearing Puff Daddy slash P Diddy, or whatever the hell he's calling himself now. Uh, Wu Tang Clan was still getting played, but they seem to be falling on the wayside because of the artists I had just mentioned. Missy Elliott was still coming into her own. And yeah, and then here comes these three guys doing social commentary in a positive light, I should add. I mean, while I mean, while gangster rap was still kind of sort of being um, kind of sort of relevant, Black Eyed Peas were more about positivity on the streets, positivity. At parties, positivity, just about everywhere. And I was hooked on this band. Uh, I didn't think too much of their follow-up album, Bridging the Gap. Request Line was okay, but that was about it. But it wasn't until 2003 that I realized when they added Stacey Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie, and released Ella Funk, they became a little more mainstream. And by God, with a song like Where is the Love, it still it, it it gelled and it worked. Ella Funk was a great album. You had uh, not just that song, but you had songs like Hey Mama, Hands Up, uh, Anxiety, the duet they did with Papa Roach. It was a great album. I have to talk about the elephant in the room of uh, the, the song on there, Let's Get Retarded, which later became Let's Get It Started. And that was really forcing the hand to change the uh, title of the song because it offended a few people. Uh, if you look up the word retard in the dictionary, you will notice it is a musical term to slow down a note. And Will I Am had mentioned that in concerts past whenever they bust this song out. Uh, this was back in 2003, 2004. By this time, it, Let's Get It Started had already been on the re-release of Ella Funk in late 04, early 2005. And they had just been performing that version sense. And the thing that really weaned me on them was, I mean, the first three albums were great. And then you had monkey business, which was just awful from start to finish. Don't get me started on my humps. I mean, yeah, the follow-up album, the end in 2009 
yeah, boom, boom, pow, and I got a feeling were dumb songs, but unlike Monkey Business, at least those songs were fun. But unfortunately, the damage had already been done with My Humps, Don't Funk With My Heart, Don't Lie was the only good song off of uh, Monkey Business, and it just seemed like they were focused more on being a uh, your cookie-cutter pop band with a hip-hop sound than just you know, being the socially conscious band that they used to be. Uh, they actually are still, they got back together after a few years on a hiatus. Fergie's gone. So it is now Black Eyed Peas. Is now Will I Am, Apple to App, Taboo, and J Ray Soul. They're a quartet again, but Fergie's gone. Uh, they released an album called Translation earlier this year, and it's more of a reggaeton Latino vibe as you can hear in the first single off the album Mamacita I don't have a problem with Black Eyed Peas experimenting with different kinds of sounds. They've been doing that since 1998. The problem I have is they seem to get lost in the shuffle somewhere between Ella Funk from 2003 and around the second year Monkey Business had been out, uh, 2006. Somewhere between those three years, they seem to get lost in the shuffle and they didn't seem to know where they wanted to be. And it's unfortunate because with... Songs like Where's the Love, Joints and Jam, Release off of Bridging the Gap. That's another song off the second album that I that I liked. I mean, they had their thumbs on the pulse of the nation. Starting out as an underground hip-hop band to becoming a mainstream act to just being like every single hip-hop group and artist that you hear on Top 40 Radio. Uh, it's nothing new anymore, and they used to be so original. Everything was just so unique with each new album of theirs, and then it just became the same thing over and over and over again, and the least they could have done was do a, another Where is the Love, and I guess I kind of sort of did with uh, I Got a Feeling, but the damage was done, the love is gone. Black Eyed Peas just don't do it for me anymore. What can I say? I'm sorry. And I'm going to end this uh, portion of the episode and we'll be right back and we'll talk about numbers seven through five. We make our trek down to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma and into the number seven spot with this episode of Random Album. Um, actually, it's not an episode of Random Album. It's a random bonus episode in which I will be tackling bands or artists that I used to love, but I just can't anymore. And like I said, we are at number seven now. And at that spot, I have the Flaming Lips. Remember in 1995 when Top 40 Radio actually gave a shit about the music they played and they played this weird little number you know the one something about a girl who serves you toast except one thing she don't use cheese 
And that was the epitome of a one-hit wonder if you listen to Top 40 Radio. But as far as alternative radio goes, they have had other mild hits since then. And we will get into those shortly. I was not the biggest fan of She Don't Use Jelly. I didn't really get into Flaming Lips until late in life. I remember being 22 and buying the soft bulletin from the 1999 masterpiece at a pawn shop. And man, was I hooked on this band. I wondered why I didn't get into them in the first place. Blew my mind. Soft bulletin is one of the best albums of the nineties. You had songs like race for the prize. You had the spider bite song. You had buggin and, this one, which is a favorite of mine, Waiting for a Superman. The version I just played for you was for the... Uh, Upcoming Soft Bulletin featuring the Colorado Symphony. That'll be in stores November 29th. But it sounded great that way just as much as it did on the Soft Bulletin album. And then you had Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, which was another stellar album from 2002. And it had this hit. I'm doing quotes in the air. Hit because not very many... Uh, stations played it unless you listen to alternative radio but how do you not love a song like do you realize if you get past the psychedelic stuff and the goofiness the lyrics are really thought-provoking and that's what made me fall in love with this band to uh, to begin with and granted yes i know i just said i listened to this band later in life probably early 2000s i'd seen them in concert twice i've even met the band and got yoshimi autographed they're a great bunch of guys they put on a hell of a concert if you've never seen them yeah, go check them out because their live shows are incredible. But at some point, we had, uh, let's see, at War with the Mystics, which was okay, but compared to Soft Bulletin and Yoshimi, it just didn't really hold up. Embryonic from 2009, the uh, experimental double album, that was a step up, but, you know... Again, not one I consider an all-time great. And then, yeah, just they had a few more albums, including that Sgt. Pepper tribute album with Miley Cyrus, and that was... I just couldn't get into that one. It was a... Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band by the Beatles is an album that really can't be touched. 
or remade and Flaming Lips should have known better. And that was the beginning of the end for the band of the band for me. Uh, they have put out a new albums since then. Oxley Moxley was okay. Uh, King's Mouth, which was released last year, was probably the best thing they'd done since Yoshimi, but I haven't listened to it since. And I know they have a new album coming out uh, next uh, this coming week, uh, September 11th to be exact, called American Head. And honestly... Uh, I might listen to it. I might not. Yeah, that's pretty much my thought on the Flaming Lips at this point. And there's just no way around it. Yeah, I don't think I'm even going to review it. Uh, and I don't think it's even going to be on my best of or even my worst of when I post those episodes later this year. It, at this point... The new album and the Flaming Lips are just, just is. Yeah. So I talked about how the Flaming Lips magic just wasn't there for me anymore. And the desire to want to listen to a new album of theirs uh, has kind of since faded over the last few years. Uh, we do. I do have another artist on here, this time a solo artist at this time around. Uh, coming in at number six is another example of, oh, so cool to listen to. I can't wait to hear new, more new music from this guy. And yeah, wouldn't you know it? He, uh, yeah, turns out the guy's kind of a loser. Ha, 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 ha. At number six, back. Mellow Gold and Odelay are incredible albums from beginning to end. Don't get me wrong. Those are still two of the best albums in the 90s. I really dug how experimental and how hip he came across. And the thing is, he didn't really consider himself to be hip. That was the uh, irony of the whole thing. And that's what drew me to back for a number of years. Yeah, and I don't know, anything past that, I just haven't really uh, given much thought to. He just seemed like he was starting to get way too into himself over time. Honestly, the last song of his I liked was probably hmm, three, four years ago. I think uh, when see, Colors came out in 2016, I believe. 2016, 2017, and this was the only song off of that album that I really liked. I dug it. 
And okay, okay, Wow and Up All Night were actually pretty good songs off of the Colors album. Hyperspace was his most recent release. It came out late November last year, early December. And I just wasn't feeling it. By this time, Beck was kind of sort of just there. It was really hard to get back into the swing of his music over the years. I don't know. If I want to hear Beck, I just want to hear either Mellow Gold or Odelay. Anything after that has just been hit or miss with me. And he just, I don't know, the attitude kind of left a bad taste in my mouth over time. I don't know. He, I think he basically bought into his own hype, and the music just kind of sort of dissipated as far as my interest goes. Or my interest in the music just dissipated. The music didn't really do much for me uh, since. So I will stick with the early the mid nineties fair because that was a time where Beck was on it. And now he's on something. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I've got nothing else to say about Beck. So let's go into the number five spot. We went from Oklahoma to England to now we're heading into Chicago with this next band, and I am talking about the grunge band Smashing Pumpkins. What the hell happened to this band? Oh my god. I used to really like these guys when I was in high school. I mean, how do you not, how could you not uh, go through high school without hearing Siamese Dream or Melancholy and the Infinite Sentence, which I believe is the best album that the Pumpkins put out. It took me years to appreciate 1998's Adore because I was expecting more of a rock sound and this was more, uh, Adore was more electronica. But my God, at least that worked. Anything after that has, I mean, the band fell apart immediately after Melancholy, and it really showed in the lyrical content. I mean, I forgive Adore mainly because this was the I'm depressed out. My I, I'm getting a divorce. My mom died. Just all the lyrics on this album all pertain to the death of his mother Martha and his pending divorce. So that gets a pass. The lyrical content was good, even if the music was just all over the place. The thing that really ruined Smashing Pumpkins for me was Billy Corgan and his super inflated ego. Uh, when he's not trying to manage a wrestling promotion that he walks out of two months later, prick. Billy Corgan tries to resurrect the Smashing Pumpkins on his in his own way. He brings back Jimmy Chamberlain, the original drummer, then kicks him out. Then he brings back James Etha, uh, James Eha, kicks him out. And then he tries to bring back Darcy Retsky, and then oh well, um, yeah, it just didn't work out. And Darcy's saying that uh, Billy Corgan has ignored the has ignored. Uh, the calls, Billy Corgan's ignored Darcy's calls, I should say. 
But yeah, I was hoping it's not the Smashing Pumpkins until you get all four members back: Darcy, James E. Hud, Jimmy Chamberlain, and Billy Corgan. Because man, Melancholy, one of the best albums of the 1990s. Come on. They just don't make music like this anymore. You know who else doesn't make music like this anymore? The Smashing Pumpkins. God damn it. I, I, I know at this point I should have probably had them at number one, but oh lordy. They just missed it because there are other bands that I fell out of love with far worse than this band. Billy Corgan is no excuse for destroying this band. I mean... I mean, I, I knew he was definitely an asshole just from interviews, but oh my god! I mean, the Zeitgeist album—all the—all he did was bring back Jimmy Chamberlain and two people nobody have ever heard of. This was the only good thing to come out of that album. This sounded like it belonged on the Zwan side project. You remember Zwan? Oh, you don't? Good. That, yeah, that's just something that should have just been left, that should remain left behind. The fact is, Smashing Pumpkins, as we all know and love them back in the 90s, are not getting back together. I get trying to uh, make the band relevant, but... You got to make the music not suck first. That's what you got to start off with. That's my problem with Smashing Pumpkins. That's actually, that's my problem with Billy Corgan. He basically believed his own hype and it really shows because the music has faltered. The lyrical content has faltered. The production is garbage ever since after right after a door, the Smashing Pumpkins are just a joke. I don't even even listen to most of the bands that were made famous in grunge anymore, and we'll get to that much later on in this episode, but Smashing Pumpkins is the band that really let me down over the years, and I cannot bring myself to listen, listen to them anymore. I tried listening to the most recent album, the shiny, you know, so bright from a couple of years ago. It's terrible. It's definitely, yeah... I don't have anything else to say about that. Smashing Pumpkins should have just called it quits after Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And I'm feeling myself getting angry talking about Smashing Pumpkins. So I'm going to stop right here. And when we come back, we're going to get to the number four spot and get all the way up to number one. So I'm going to take a breather and you sit tight. We're almost done with this list, ladies and gentlemen, so let's get right back into it. Coming in at number four on my list is the band Sublime. As you recall, they've only had three albums and received a huge cult following after the death of lead singer Bradley Knoll. Now, 
in all honesty, I didn't really mind them all that much. In fact, I dug a good chunk of their music, even though most of the music I liked was off of the self-titled release, which wound up being their final album. But after listening to that, I was hooked. And I have to say, I dug the 40 Ounces to Freedom album, the debut album, which spawned hits like Saw Red, Date Rape, the title track, and one little tune that still remains popular to this day, Bad Fish. Yeah, seemed pretty harmless. It was just a bunch of white guys doing ska music and smoking a lot of weed, among other things. Uh, they followed it up with Robin the Hood, which I didn't think much of and come to the think of it. I don't remember any other songs off of it that were memorable. Uh, but of course, the self-titled release, still the best-selling album of their career, still the best album. And yes, it's the one with Santeria. Yeah, you know what? I lived the lie. I didn't mind them at first, but I, at, honestly, I wasn't obsessed with the band like a lot of other people. Or if there's one album of theirs I was obsessed with, it was the self-titled release. But, you know, honestly... They were good, but they weren't that good. And the obsession and the worship of Sublime just needs to stop. Okay, let's be honest. If Bradley, if Bradley hadn't been a junkie who OD'd and left behind a newborn baby, the band, I guarantee you, if Bradley were still alive, the band would go nowhere. I hate to break it to you, Sublime was good, but they weren't, you know, godlike. So, to those of you still worshipping the band, please stop. It's very unbecoming of you, and I've grown up and moved on. And speaking of bands I've moved on from, coming in at number three, 311, another ska punk band that dabbled in a little bit of rap and hard rock, and... Anybody's first taste of the band, well, if you've been a fan of theirs from the beginning, you're familiar with the music album Grassroots, but my first taste of 311, and of course, m most people's, came from 1996 and the song Down. Hey, I dug it. I loved the Blue Album. I wore that out, and then I went and bought Transistor, which I still think is a great album from the 90s, very underrated. But 
much like a lot of other bands, they were hit or miss as time went on. The last great album of theirs, in my humble opinion, was From Chaos from 2001, which spawned the hits You Wouldn't Believe I'll Be Here a While, and the big one, Amber. the last time the band was ever any good i mean that from chaos was probably the last time the uh, last album that 311 proved what they could be this was setting the bar way too high and anything after that has just been ranging from okay to mm, disappointing and nothing could be further from the could be uh, more truthful on that than 2005's don't Tread on Me, which is a horrible, horrible album. And the less I talk about that, the better. Uh, the, they are still together. They've been around for almost 30 years. Can you believe that? Wow. Uh, they put out Voyager, which is their most recent album last year. And I have to say, I, I dug a good majority of that album. That was the closest they got to... Uh, putting out solid material since, well, From Chaos. And most of the music on here, including uh, the track Space and Time, yeah, they can still they can still kick it. Again. I don't hate these bands that I'm listing off on this episode. In fact, a good chunk of these bands are subject to random episodes in the very near future. But I, as I got older, I don't get into 311 or Sublime or those similar sounding bands the way I used to back when I was a kid. 311 just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Uh, ever since From Chaos... There is nothing that could top that. Voyager comes close, but that's not really saying anything because if I want to hear 311, I listen to either the Blue Album or From Chaos or Grassroots. Otherwise, it's just time to move forward. And speaking of moving forward, coming in at number two, a band I wish would just go away. It's been too long. You haven't put out any good material for the last 10 years. I think it's time to hang it up, you guys. Have I angered you yet? What's that? Yes. Oh, I have? Good. Number two, Weezer. Let's get one thing perfectly clear. The Blue Album, Masterpiece. Pinkerton, one of the greatest albums of all time. And yes, even I enjoyed the Green Album. It had been released five years after a brief hiatus as frontman Rivers Cuomo was in Harvard 
and hey, good for him. He relied on, he thought an education was more important than keeping a band together. Good for him. Green Album came out in 2001. Hash Pipe, hey, I enjoyed it. But then again, that was probably the la- the Green Album was the last classic album, classic in quotes. Maladroit was a pretty good album. I'll even go as far as say I enjoyed Maladroit more than I did the Green Album. But the most unforgivable thing the band did, two words, Beverly Hills. Yep, it was that one single in 2005 that wound up being the biggest hit of their career, despite the fact the Blue Album had all the better songs on it. They basically became just a parody of themselves, and it makes me sad. Even the other color albums that were released, the Red Album from 2008, the White Album from 2016, and that god-awful black album from two years ago and the teal album which was all covers the the joke's not funny anymore and even worse they are now using uh classic albums to sell their upcoming releases next year we're getting van weezer which is a take on van halen and okay human which is a parody of okay computer at least that's what i believe the last good album they've had was in 2000, I want to say 2015, Everything Will Be All Right in the End. Hey, that was, to me, that was a return to form just about, especially since the last few albums before it, uh, not counting Green Album and Maladroit, most of those albums were absolute shit. Back to the shack. I enjoyed that. I love the goofiness of the song Da Vinci. Rosetta Stone cannot translate you. Hey, it's stupid, but it was fun. But unfortunately, oh man, honestly, it was Beverly Hills that ruined Weezer for me. But the one that the one incident that was the final nail in the coffin was when my wife and I got to see them in concert. It wasn't that they were terrible live, even though they Rivers and company didn't really acknowledge the crowd all that much. But my God, the most rude bunch of people in a concert venue ever. Just hipsters. Hipsters everywhere. I will let you know, I was happy that they... Most of the set list was off of the Blue Album. Thank you for that. I love the Blue Album. Let's get that perfectly clear if I haven't already. But what was the one fucking song that the entire crowd sang along to? Yep, you guessed it. Beverly Hills. Just why? That song sucks. It's not their best song. And anybody who thinks that's the best Weezer song, please just... Go away. Just shut the fuck up. Honestly, yeah, the more I talk about Weezer, the more my head I feel my head exploding. So 
Uh, I am. It's a safe bet. I'm done with Weezer. I'm probably I'm going to listen to Van Weezer, OK Human, or Sergeant Weezer's Only Hearts Club Band, whatever the fuck kind of album they're going to come out with. So yeah, Weezer, we're done. Fuck you. Time for the number one spot. Before I reveal my number one pick for bands or artists that I used to love but just can't get into anymore, let me rattle off a couple of honorable or dishonorable mentions as far as this list goes. Uh, Starting off, I can honestly say Stone Temple Pilots is up there. I don't really listen much to the grunge music anymore, and Stone Temple Pilots over the last few years kind of soured on me between all the drama and the drug situation scott wyland's untimely death chester bennington's untimely death and just a new one new lead singer after another i kind of lost interest in the band itself and i have to say jeff gut new frontman he sounds great i wish them well but my heart just isn't in it for this band anymore. And I'll let you know, there's going to be a random episode of STP coming soon. So as I was re-familiarizing myself with the band again, it was just really hard to get into. It was difficult to get myself motivated to listen to Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, a couple of albums aside, I just don't think too highly of them. And just... I don't know. The new leads changing the lead singers every few years just didn't do it for me to the point where it was time for me to move on. Another band that is on that list, a band that I lived the lie. You know, I mentioned that about sublime Uh, Dave Matthews band is another example of living the lie. Uh, Hey, I enjoyed Crash Into Me. The one album I bought of theirs was Before These Crowded Streets from 1998. It wasn't the fan favorite, but I enjoyed it. But it was just a combination of the music just sounded the same with each new album. It was more of a joke to listen to. And also Dave Matthews is kind of sort of an uppity prick. Uh... I just can't really bring myself to listen to that band anymore, no matter how hard I try. I think Dave Matthews is a talented songwriter, and the band as a whole, awesome jam sessions. I I dig their sound, but lyrically, I, I don't know. I just think they've become a parody of themselves. Every other album since 2000 has just been a parody of the Crash album or Before These Crowded Streets that you just can't take the band seriously anymore. And with that, Dave Matthews' band has just kind of fallen by the wayside, and I think I'm just going to have to leave them there as far as I'm concerned. One final artist that I have to mention, if you've listened to my sim- to my guest spot on Simply the Best, where D and I talked about the worst songs of all time in our opinions, you know that I've been really critical lately of country superstar Tim McGraw. I do think he's a great singer. I thought he was really good in concert when I saw him live many years ago. But his music has kind of sort of fallen flat over the last 20 years. Uh, The one song of his that I really 
can't forgive him for is truck yeah which started the whole bro country movement yes i know florida georgia line has basically delivered uh the have been leading the charge in the bro country scene but truck yeah by tim mcgraw was the one that started it all and for that tim mcgraw shame on you your music also has just not been as good as it once was and I'll tell you, the last song of his I liked was Humble and Kind, and that was the last good song of his since 2004 with Live Like You're Dying. I just haven't been able to bring myself to listen to a new Tim McGraw record in the last 15 years. So there you go. I'm done ranting on my dishonorable mentions. It's time for the number one selection. Cue the music. Coming in at number one, it's going to be a shock to just about everybody, not just the people listening to the show, not just to the people who've known me the longest. Hell, I'm shocked just announcing this, but my pick for number one as far as bands or artists that I used to love but just can't bring myself to listen to anymore is a band that is still around to this very day. In fact, they've been around for going on four decades and they come all the way from ireland yep yep i even i can't believe i'm admitting this but my pick for number one you two which is a shame yeah that's right you two is my number one pick for bands that I just can't bring myself to listen to anymore. And it's just a damn shame because if you listen to stuff from Boy or even War from 1983, Sunday Bloody Sunday, that was some hardcore shit. It really breaks my heart because I've seen these guys perform quite a bit over the last uh, 10 years. Uh, both times I saw them was actually when they were promoting No Line on the Horizon, which as great as those shows were, the album just wasn't all that great. And my God, I love the Joshua Tree and the Unforgettable Fire and, and Octung Baby. Those are just classic albums from start to finish. I'm going to be very honest. The It took the theme song from Batman Forever, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. You remember that one? Yeah, that was the one that got me interested in the band in the first place. I didn't think too highly of them uh, when I was getting into the rock and alternative music. And my Guilty Pleasure album is Pop, the 1997 disaster where they were touring uh playing at the metrodome and all the they I think they played a parking lot outside of a kmart at one place yeah it was just a, the tour was successful 
but the album and the promotion was just a disaster from day one. But my God, I'm sorry. Is great. Is even though staring at the sun was the best best song on the album, I have a soft spot for disco tech. I still love the pop album. However, over the years, it's just been really difficult to take this band seriously. It's just basically been the same song and dance. I respect Bono. I am glad he is so charitable. That's great. He he finds causes. He he oh boy, he he's very charitable. I appreciate his political stances, but it's just basically been the same song and dance that it's just gotten too boring. And even the music has gotten a little stale. I used to love the song Vertigo. I I just I just can't anymore. They are still together. Like I said, uh, times have changed. The, the All four band members are still together. That's great. Longevity. You got to give them props for that. Bono can't play the guitar anymore, which is unfortunate. Uh, their most recent album was Songs of Experience, which was the follow-up to 2014 Songs of Innocence. And honestly, Songs of Experience is kind of a disappointing record. The lead-off single, You're the Best Thing About Me, sounds like a Matchbox 20 reject. Boring, isn't it? That was the most boring they've ever sounded in, well, probably since the No Lotting on the Horizon album. But yeah, it's clear that the wear and tear is showing. Bono does not sound as good as he once did. It breaks my heart. The political stances, it's just, he's just become, they've just become a parody of themselves over the last several years and it makes me sad because they continue to fight the good fight good for them it's just it's gotten ridiculous listening to bono talk about his political beliefs it's just a letdown and it breaks my heart because i i love you too but in the last several years with the way their music has gone downhill in the last 10, 10, 15 years, I really can't bring myself to want to hear a new album from them or a new song or anything. Uh, I know they had a couple of new songs drop uh, a few months ago. I'll be honest, I didn't listen to them. I just have not had the interest. And this is the, that was probably the toughest decision to make, but with, the music just not being as good as it once was and the uh, 
ridiculousness of their interviews and not even a good ridiculous, just sad. And now that they, and they sound bored on this most recent album. I, yeah, it's one thing to put out disappointing material, but when you sound bored when you're recording it and releasing it, yeah, I'm kind of bored listening to you. And that is why U2 is the number one band that I used to love, but I just don't have the heart to listen to you anymore. Sorry, Bono. Sorry, Edge. Sorry, Adam. Sorry, Larry. But uh, it's not me. It's you. And we have to break up. Time to move on. You'll find some new fans. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our random bonus episode for this time around. Uh, I am going to let you know that we will be taking a two-week hiatus as far as random album goes. We'll be back uh, mid-September with back-to-back-to-back new episodes, new randoms. And in December, please stick around as we will be doing a best of 2020 and a worst of because you got to have one with the other, right? So listener support's greatly appreciated. Leave messages on anchor.fm slash random album. There's a dash in between random and album and both words end in UMB. So please remember that. Donations are greatly appreciated. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month, not even a buck. And you can also leave reviews if you're listening to this on Google and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review, five star, one star, doesn't matter. I do read the reviews, so please put your two cents in. It's greatly appreciated. And also in the coming weeks, I will have all all other random bonus episodes as well on top of new randoms. We will be having new episodes starting mid-September including a random episode on the Deftones since they have a new album coming out. Uh, We'll have a random bonus on uh, music video, uh, music award show, award shows coming up. Predictions are going to be included in special episodes and we will have our season one finale, a two part episode on the life and career of Bruce Springsteen. So please tune in starting mid September I will have a promotion coming up, a trailer for it coming up in a few days. So please keep uh, keep your ears peeled on this one. Please subscribe to Random Album wherever you can listen to podcasts on any streaming services. And until then, I am BC saying the world is your oyster. So whatever you do, shuck it. Thank you. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Take care. Have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. think this idea is dumb well you're wrong it's actually random